All right, sorry, no intro this morning, this afternoon. Uh, live from Salt Lake City, this is Heart of the Matter, where we do all we can to worship God in spirit and in truth. I'm Sean McCraney, your host. Let's begin with a prayer. Uh, God in heaven, we uh, seek you in spirit. We, we pray that we will have uh, your love with us and help us to uh, have a good conversation and a good program tonight. And if it extends beyond this, Lord, then uh, great. We pray you'll bless uh, Joey as he tries to communicate and articulate his position and, and the things about his life. And uh, we just seek you in all things and pray for your spirit. And G grateful for our volunteers and people who put their time in to keep things running behind the scenes. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Before we uh, get to our guests tonight, I thought it might be two, but it's going to be Joey Skoma. Uh, he, he, this was set up by his counterpart, I guess, uh, uh, Andrew, and he, he emailed me and he said, you ought to consider having Joey on the show. Joey uh, uh, is a, is a stand-up comedian, from what I understand, but he, uh, more importantly, uh, relative to our interests, he believes he's reincarnated uh, Joseph Smith. He's Joseph Smith reincarnated. And so we're going to have a discussion with him. And I want both, uh, I want all the friends and fans uh, or followers, whatever it is of Joey and Andrew, uh, to know that uh, we love them, we receive them uh, here in the house and uh, to talk about uh, their perception. But we're going to do something from the word right off the bat and it's going to sting a little. And it's going to sting because, uh, because I love these guys and because we love people, uh, we have to share what we believe that the truth is and that's why they're here, to share what they believe the truth is. And this gives us an opportunity to dialogue and exchange. So we're going to have Joey come up and talk with us about everything in a minute, actually a few minutes, but before that, how about a moment from the Word? Can't play from the Word. Technical difficulties run amok. Uh, but we do have the graphics. All right, so uh, I want to talk to uh, three points, four points really, but three right now, and um, and that they, they relate to Joey and I believe Andrew. Uh, They're both former LDS uh, guys. So they one time believed in the Mormon church, the Mormon uh, story. Uh, point one, you've all heard the story of Legion uh, in the scripture. The poor guy who was possessed of a number of demons. He's running amok naked in the rocks. He's, he's uh, bound up with fetters that he breaks and he cuts himself with stones and rocks. And uh, I've been in his shoes in my life. I have been a legion. And uh, you can ask my friends and family. Uh, but when legion meets with Jesus in scripture, Jesus casts the demons out of him and the man becomes a true disciple. Uh, when the town folk learn that the swine were filled with these demons and ran and killed themselves, uh, they won't know what was it says, then they went out to see what was done and came Jesus and found the man, Legion, out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed, listen to this line, and in his right mind is what it says. And it says, and they were afraid. Is this out? Hold on. We have another technical difficulty. Just one second. Off, 
it says that he was in his right mind. That line, and in his right mind, comes from the Greek word sophrenio. And it means that he was sane and moderated and sober, uh, which comes from the word saffron. And it means self-controlled of a safe mind. Uh, sophronio is made up from two Greek words, sozo and from uh, the word friend. Sozo means saved. All through scripture, sozo means saved. It means to be healed. It means to be delivered. It means to be protected, to be whole. Friend means to understand. So what he, what we can say is that this legion, it, it, the Greek says that he had a mind that could comprehend and was uh, a mind that was uh, understanding now. So stepping back and uh, who was not safe, he was not sound, he was not delivered, he was cutting himself with rocks in the stones, and uh, his mind was utterly corrupted by the pollution of these demons whom Jesus cast out and left him in his right mind. So uh, my mentor Carl Westerlin at School of Ministry back years ago used to say everything, all the battles that we have are in the in mind. And I believe this. I also maintain that unless Jesus gets in any human mind, that mind, unless he's there, that mind will forever be captured by other elements, whatever it may be. Our imaginations, influences, sicknesses, disease, whatever, demons, whatever you want to call them. So prior to receiving the Lord, my mind was a wasteland of empty conjurings, wicked sarcasms, uh, ideations right out of the humanist handbook. And I thought I was so wise and so smart and so advanced, but Jesus found me naked out of my mind in the rocks, cutting myself with stones, and he set me free. So it is of interest that Paul says, we renew our minds through the washing of the word. What that means is that when we hear or read the word, the Bible, it washes out the junk from our heads and we become more and more of a sophrenio mind, of a right mind. That's what's happened to Legion here. He had a face-to-face -face meeting with the word of God and the word made flesh and he was freed from his taskmasters, uh, broke his chains, and he was clothed and in a right frame of mind. Point two, in Luke chapter 9, we read, And John said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him, because he followed not us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. Uh, this is such a great line in Scripture. The apostles are traveling with Jesus, and some dude is casting out devils, that's not even part of their group. And John gets all up and attitudinal and says, hey, I want to cast this guy out. And Jesus says, leave him alone. If he's not against us, he's for us, right? Uh, if a person is not fighting against the cause, they are with the cause. If they're not fighting against Jesus, then they are, in fact, with Jesus. So let him be, Jesus says. That's amazing. We don't have to worry about those people who proclaim Jesus as the uh, way to salvation. No matter what variance they have, if they're claiming it, 
We don't have to cast them out. We don't have to agree with them. We can argue and debate and everything, but we don't have to cast them out because if they're not against Jesus, then Jesus says they're for him. That's my position of faith. If, if, if Jesus is the way to salvation to me, then that, I'm going to give that person, hey, all right, you, you believe the way you are, go ahead. However, and this isn't, not, this isn't known, but if Jesus is mocked, I'll go toe-to-toe with anybody. If he's, if he's dem- diminished or demeaned or mocked, I'll go toe-to-toe with you, uh, philosophically or, um, or uh, biblically. Point three comes in the next verses, and Jesus and the apostles then went to Samaria, and the scripture says that Jesus had his face set toward Jerusalem, meaning as they passed through Samaria, the Samaritans could tell that Jesus wasn't interested in stopping and talking to them. It wasn't because he didn't love them. It was because he was set to get to Jerusalem to go and die. And so his mind was on that, and it pissed the uh, Samaritans off. And therefore, it says in Luke 9.53, and they, the Samaritans, did not receive him. They weren't hospitable to him. They weren't kind to him because his face was as though he would not get, go to Jerusalem and they weren't hospitable. And when his disciples, James and, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elias did? In other words, uh, James and John are like, these guys are being rude to us. Should we command fire to come out and burn these frickers up? They wanted to get even, right? And, and, and you notice twice now John has been involved in this. The first time, he wants to cast the guy out in nine who's not traveling with him. And Jesus says, leave him alone. And here, he wants to bring fire down to consume the Samaritans who aren't being nice to their group. And Jesus says in verse 55, he turned and rebuked them. And he said, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. You don't know where that's coming from. That's coming from a really bad place. And he says, the son of man is not come to destroy men's lives. Not. But to save sozo them. And they went to another village. So while we do confront people and we do talk openly and honestly and try to talk in truth when we are uh, followers of the king, we do it in love as a means to save them not as a means to destroy them or call down fire from heaven upon them or ridicule or mock them, which I've done plenty of in my life, and I'm sorry because I've changed in my heart and my mind toward what I have done in the past. So uh, there are two reasons I accepted to have Joey on the show tonight. Um, The first reason is the majority of people who have fully bought into Mormonism, when they discover that it's a fraud, and I mean that sincerely, they typically walk away from God altogether. They become atheists. They want nothing to do with God. Um, That's because Mormonism emphatically and repeatedly teaches that it's the only true church on the face of the earth. It has the authority. Its leaders represent God. Its history and doctrine can be proven. Testimony, testimony, testimony. And so you sit there and you believe it and you believe it. And then when you open your eyes and you get a library card and you check the facts and you find out you've been screwed, you say, if that wasn't true with how much fun it was, I mean, their dances are great. And man, they sure do a lot of things right. Forget this God business. And we typically throw the baby Jesus out with the Mormon bathwater. So... uh, This is one of the devastating fruits of Mormonism is that it takes really good people. 
I mean, these guys, you know, we're, we're all trying to do our best as the Mormons, you know, and, and, and you're wearing your shirt and stuff, and you find out you've been lied to, you just want to turn against everything in rebellion. So I think, in part, this could be the case with Joey and with Andrew. In love, I would express this. They have a scorched heart. It's a scorched earth policy that occurs when you've been Mormon, you get screwed by them, and then you come to try to find out who Jesus is, and then you enter into many Christian churches, and you're like, you know, this is chaos, and these people are crazy, and this isn't right, and, and so then you, they just, and it's the saddest thing. If you don't live in the state and you don't see it, it is horrible what happens to people who have bought in and then walk away. And so... Uh, we'll hear about if this is the case. I don't know if it is with Joey and maybe uh, possibly through Joey with uh, Andrew. Another reason I wanted to have Andrew and Joey on the show or Joey on the show is because I believe what they are about, from what I understand, Joey, uh, the reincarnated Joseph Smith, from looking at their website, they, uh, talk, they really talk about a lot of uh, esoteric type of things a lot of uh, stuff, pharmacology. They talk uh, 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 a lot of, um, uh, they'll talk, if you look at their site, they have a lot, they have an amalgamation of different, kind of like Joe Rogan-esque talk about all the things out there, uh, but it's always kind of, from someone who's like not involved in it, a little bit kind of twisted, a little bit kind of different, and so, and it's, and. But I believe that they are going to appeal more and more to Christian people, especially Christian youth, because the evangelicals insist on teaching their children tenets that are untenable. And when the Christian kids find out the facts of what they have been taught, they are often going to go to the arms of people like Joey and Andrew's programs and start just, you know, uh, looking at anything because God won't suffice anymore. It happens to them too. So they talk about Schopenhauer, they talk about Scientology, the Wachowski sisters who are now, were once the Wachowski brothers, who were uh, the Matrix fame guys. I mean, this is, we're talking amalgamated dogs and cats living together, smoking joints, going to, you can hear them laughing because they know, they've been screwed by the religion. So they're like, I'm gonna open up the door to, and my priest is going to be a lesbian with a, 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 a black lesbian. It just goes out there to just show how ridiculous religion has become. Well, we're laughing and stuff, but I find it really difficult to appreciate this in light of what I believe the real message of Jesus is. And so because I love them, I want them to come on the show. I want Joey to come on the show. My stance is Joseph Smith, the original, didn't do anything but bring harm through what he established. Why do we want a reincarnated one? So I invite Joey up and let's talk and hear what he has to say. Hello. I'm going to turn on the mic. Come on over. Mike turning on, all right. <laughs> Joey has, uh, has brought with him a, a, a small library. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, he's got a, his laptop or a iPad. Yeah, exactly. iPad Air. Uh, not that we're sponsored by Apple by any means. Oh, very good. Thank yeah. God. Uh, uh, sorry for you Apple fans. No, okay. I go in there and I feel like I'm in a cult. A minute, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, those Apple stores are like temples yeah. in a land where temples are a big deal. So. Yeah, exactly. And don't when you go in, don't they call themselves, uh, isn't there a master of the store? And, yeah. And they no, have they, geniuses? Mm, and, yeah, no, it's a weird hierarchy and it, yeah. it sounds a little bit like masonry to me. It but, does. Right. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Absolutely. So tell us the story. Tell us your history. Okay. Um, so I was born uh, the year that Reagan was elected, and uh, it's just been all downhill from there. I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I was raised in a home where both my parents had converted to the LDS church as young adults, and, and my dad actually baptized my mom two days before they got a quickie marriage at Las Vegas, like, you know, uh, Justice of the Peace. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was because he didn't realize how difficult it was to get a marriage license in California. And uh, then they just had 10 kids and... and 10. 10. And so I'm second of those 10 kids. Okay. I mean, 11. We've, uh, we just keep growing numbers that I have lost track at times. How many siblings I have, how many nephews and nieces and uh, siblings-in-law. It's, it's, it's nice to be part of a big family uh, because it feels like you're in a really fun club, like a congregation. And, and mom and dad are kind of the, they're the uh, geniuses of the mm -hmm. Apple store and they uh, say how we're gonna spend our vacations and we just, we go along with it because they've always been right before. Yeah. And when they decided to move up to Utah from California, we also said, okay, like we'll leave this beautiful San Diego weather for what we know will be just heart tearing winters. I'm, I, I still, I mean, it's after eight years, I just, I don't know if I can do it. I always reconsider moving, right? Like, um, until springtime. Like, and then I know that I'm meant to be here in Utah. And I, I love it. We all it. feel the same way. Right. It's yeah. just, it's beautiful. It's magic. And so. Where, you're in San Diego where? Uh, Fallbrook. Till you were how old? Uh, and. Until I came home from my mission to Argentina. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Did the mission. Did the mission. And that was beautiful. I loved my mission. Uh -huh. I was very happy. I like mine, too. Yeah? yeah? Where did you serve? Pennsylvania Harrisburg. With the Amish. Oh, with the Amish. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. They're like a time-capsuled people. They, they are. They're time-capsuled. They don't have, like, fluoride <laughs> all over their bodies. And I, I didn't know that about them, but... No, I mean, I've heard... Crazy things go on in Broomspringa, but they are extremely yes. salt of the earth. Uh, were there many converts? No. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just um, wanted to ask, I mean, was that the first time that you kind of saw another insular religious community and thought, that's so strange, not really recognize how much Mormonism is like that? I was too true blue still. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was too... Yeah. So the mission, you got back, have you been married? I have not. I've, I've been engaged a couple times. Have you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That. So when was the fallout? Uh, from the church, mm -hmm. 2011. Mm -hmm. uh, that was when I read Rustone Rolling and yeah. No Man Knows My History and just I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the reason why I was engaged twice and never married is because I was closeted homosexual 
my whole life. I was aware of my orientation from the time I was seven. Mm. And, and being in the church where there is no, it's like you're checking all the manuals and there's nothing for gay people to do in the church other than it's like, you know, check index and then it's like see celibacy mm. and that's it. <laughs> they so also can lead the choir if there's That's so true. Very good at that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They have whole like departments at BYU that are just yeah. filled with like, and. <laughs> Their and humanities so, department and everyone's just chomping at the bit absolutely. to come out. And that's the thing, like they actually do or have done in the past when Will Swenson, he was kind of a local LDS film star and Broadway guy. He said that when he was a freshman in the humanities major, that they literally sit all the young men down and talk about same-sex attraction. Like, they just want you to know that they're aware of it, and if you're aware of it, go see a counselor. And I did. I went and I saw a counselor at BYU, and then I had to go home that night, watch a show called Mirror Mask, maybe, and then told my girlfriend Jessica that I was attracted to men, but I still wanted to get married. And we dated for another six months. Okay. And, and then I got engaged to her best friend a year later, mm. who is a lesbian. So we figured that we could just do a gay marriage. Truly gay. Truly gay. Yeah, that's right. And Cover all your bases. That's right. And uh, didn't and work out. No, but that's what brought me up to about 2011, where I just couldn't do it anymore. All right. I had like last straw with the whole um, closet thing, and then, and then just all of these anachronisms in the Book of Mormon, and just it was just I was suffocating, and and for years there was a part of me that was just a part of my soul just screaming in a closet because of what had happened to me being a member of the church and then becoming disaffected, losing that testimony mm -hmm. that was the center of my identity. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Mm -hmm. I developed psychological problems, um, which is why I always want people to be aware of the caveat that I am fully, fully comfortable with the possibility that I am literally just insane. Like I know that that <laughs> is completely possible because I was afraid to go out in daylight. I was afraid of loud noises. I, um, I had to sleep on the floor because I was afraid that I would fall out of bed. And, and, and I just, it was just one neurosis building on another. Okay. And, uh, and like you said, scorched heart, couldn't believe in anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, Okay, stop. Yeah. I gotta ask you something. Please. Uh, is there a mental illness in your family? No. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. And um, and so you've had you had all these neuroses. You were mm -hmm. and are you still uh, no, dealing with them? No, that you've that's, been released from those. I've been released. I, I felt like being let out of a prison, and I don't know if you've ever seen V for Vendetta. It's one of the Wachowski films. I've uh, seen it. But when Natalie Portman's character is released from a prison that was created by who she thought was her protector, she is broken in a way that she couldn't have ever imagined and she lived in a totalitarian fascist state because she had been betrayed by someone that she trusted so much she couldn't even trust herself couldn't even trust herself and that's how i felt and i couldn't trust any of my thoughts or feelings and i i just i didn't want to live and i started to plan the process of taking my own life and then I had a very powerful spiritual experience, and I felt like I was connecting with God, but like this 
feminine, maternal side of God that I had never known. And she affirmed me that I was who I was meant to be, that I had been created by intention and not by accident. Ironically, that was just a few weeks before I took my name off the records of the church and just gave up on God, on religion. I didn't need any of it, I thought. I'll just be one of these progressive, secular humanists, gay men who are getting so many rights all at once. Like, it was amazing. <laughs> I just felt like, oh, no, this is the time. This is the, this is the gold rush. Like, we need to, like, capitalize on You're this. just a party switcher. No, the no. Mormons are losing, have egg on their face, That's so you're right. going to the gay party. No, the parade is right outside. Like, but I, so, um, so as much as I wish I was at the time the kind of person who could just, oh, just jump into a, a gaggle of gay men and all v-necks and uh, and just like live that life where you're going to parties and you're dating very casually but you know that marriage is you know uh, a possibility you know for those hardcore romantics and I, I I I never dated I never I never I haven't kissed a man uh, I, how about yourself <laughs> Well, I have, oh. and uh, yes, I think I was uh, 13 and okay. realized I liked women better. There you go. See, yeah. I've kissed women, yeah. and uh, now I know what I'm not looking for. <laughs> okay, so listen. I love women I, also. Okay, we got, I want to keep you tracked because um, you have a lot to say, obviously. The reincarnation. Okay. Let's hear about it. Okay, so that's, that's why the books are here. And um, just so our audience knows, yeah. why the robe and why the... Uh, oh, yes. is, um, that, is that the Boy Scout thing? It is. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so it's the uh, Duty to God... Award, yeah. Yeah. I and never so got it. The image... <laughs> well, I mean, I noticed that you have some yeah. lovely cow skulls over yeah. there. So if it doesn't look too demonic, it's a little cow skull. And on it has the image of John the Baptist giving the Aaronic Priesthood to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. And, and they just want that for young men to kind of achieve. I don't even remember how I got it, but <laughs> I, I like it. I, it's a nice piece of memorabilia from my past when I was a scared, closeted priesthood holder. <laughs> uh, and, and so I wear it, but I also have like this little obsidian bead. And, and uh, let's see, I have... Uh, a lovely little crystal that I got from Argentina after my mission. Uh, my parents. You are Joseph Smith. That's right. Well, that's a thing. I'm convinced I, no, now. No, I saw the video. I saw the video where you talk about the magical practices of the Smith family. And mm -hmm. yes, backwoods conjurers. That's who they were. That's who I am at heart. Mm -hmm. I just love magic so much. I, I don't know if uh, you picked up on this thing, but the whole Joseph Smith uh, revelation came as a bit of a shock and a, and, a, and a terrible, terrible disappointment because I still, okay, the way that I perceived Joseph Smith was exactly as you described him, that he is a clear scoundrel, absolute charlatan, complete forger, and that he ultimately did all of it so that he could marry 33 women. And Todd Compton's book, In Sacred Loneliness, is just it's absolutely essential. If you want to understand what it is, this whole polygamy thing that is still haunting the LDS population today, you got to read in Sacred Loneliness. The thing is, I don't believe that Joseph was a polygamist right. anymore. There are people like Denver Snuffer and 
his friends, Rock Waterman, Adrian Larson, there are still holdovers from the old community of Christ when it was still the RDLDS church. That's Pamela and Richard Price. And they wrote a book, Joseph Smith Fought Polygamy. I read that months after I believed that I was Joseph Smith. So hating the fact that I may be the reincarnation of a monster, of like a sexual predator, I kept that to myself, obviously. But seven days after that experience on December 14th, 2015, I was out in Hobble Creek Canyon before dawn on the winter solstice. And, and as the sun was coming up behind the mountains, this is my first vision experience. I felt, and this is the thing, I've seen nothing, nothing, I promise you. It's all voices in my head. That's all it is. And I felt a whole group of people around me, a whole chain of experiences of existences or lives, multiple mortal probations is how some Mormons describe it. I didn't know until Sunstone, July of 2016, that there are people in the LDS tradition that believe in reincarnation. I didn't know that. What I had read before I was told that I was Joseph Smith are books like this by Elizabeth Clare Prophet, where she talks about Christianity and reincarnation in the same tradition as the sleeping prophet uh, Casey, uh, yeah. Edgar Casey. Mm -hmm. um, so he talks about Atlantis, you know, and what book of scripture is more like Atlantis than the Book of Mormon, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's this whole civilization that took place, it's like a spinoff of the Bible, and it took place in this, we don't know if it's Mesoamerican, I vote for North American. There are people that are trying to corroborate these two civilizations, the Adina and the Hopewell, that would have mirrored chronologically the Jaredite and the Nephite population. Okay, I'm going to reel you back. Please. The, the reincarnation, how did you realize? You, you, were in hope, you were in the canyon. Uh, that's right. And, and what I was told was that, um, that Joseph Smith died in 1844 and that he reincarnated over a generation later as Clive Staples Lewis. And that C.S. Lewis is the reincarnation of Joseph Smith and that I wanted that to be true. I wanted to be the reincarnation of C.S. Lewis as I did not want to be the reincarnation of Joseph Smith. But if I had to take Joseph Smith in order to get Lewis, I was willing to deal. And so I did, I made an agreement. It's like, okay, I have to believe that there's something more to this if I'm making a clear connection between the magic loving Joseph Smith and the magic loving C.S. Lewis and that my soul could somehow be connected to these two individuals as opposite and different and horribly contrasted as they were in my mind at that time on the 21st of December 2015, I knew that something strange was happening. I had, and, and, I, and I know that this is very controversial, I feel like I had a born again experience a couple weeks before, actually a week before I had that Joseph Smith revelation. And I was in Denver and I was taking a lot of cannabis because it's legal and I was walking the streets of central downtown Denver and I was meeting people on the street and I was talking to people going to the library. This guy Blair, we talked about the hollow earth. We talked about <laughs> aliens, the Anunnaki. We talked about all kinds of things. I met with people 
as they were carrying a litter on which a plaster Madonna was perched because I just happened to be in town on the golden jubilee of the Epiphany or the Advent or some Catholic holiday, I'm not quite sure. But they opened the central doors on the Basilica for the first time in 50 years. And they carried this idol through the doors and they did mass and I got out the back before it got serious. But it was gorgeous and it was overwhelming. And I just followed this group of young single adults, people younger than myself, we're all in this age range, these 20, 30-somethings who have probably been disillusioned by religion and now are having this weird resurgence because there's literally nothing in the world that provides any relief from this horrible fear of death and losing everything that you love. And there's nothing out there. Um. Let me insert this for our viewers. Uh, William James did a study on the varieties of religious experience, and James points out that uh, people of all faiths almost, even non-faiths, can experience born-again uh, regenerations, similar to what you did, Joey. They can uh, feel born-again renewed. They have a new lease on life through whatever spiritual manifestation it is. And I believe that absolutely, but I also believe as a, as a student of the word and a follower of Christ, that the only one that has merit, the other ones might have be efficacious in your life, but the only one that has eternal merit, I believe, is, is, is on Christ. Mm. That when the rebirth is in and through Jesus Christ, that's when it has eternal value. Well, and that's perfect because yeah. that was the 5th of December that they did this Jubilee. And it was my last day and I had checked out of my hostel and I had stolen a book, but they were gonna take them away anyway. And it was a book by Diana Cooper, and she's a woman who claims to see angels. So she's one of these kind of like new age angel moms. I don't know if she's a mom. She's just a very sweet grandma looking lady, and she talks to angels. And people can buy her books, and, and people see her as, a, as an actual connection to God. And she talks about Atlantis and all the new age stuff, Age of Aquarius. And so I was reading that. I read it cover to cover while I was there at this hostel in my visit after the Jubilee. And so I took this book because I felt like it was important and I needed it. And, and then I gave it to someone on the plane on the way home because I was sitting next to a young woman and we're friends on Facebook now, Salipa, that she had recently lost her daughter who was about four years old, I believe. And and she was smiling and she comforted me because I got him with like a $60 carry-on fee that I was not expecting. So I'm like trying to find my seat, getting a little emotional. And she talked to me and she was raised in the church and she derives all of this powerful strength and solace and love from the gospel of Jesus Christ as taught by the LDS church. And her whole family has this amazing, powerful missionary experience where they're converted on the Isles of the Sea by pale little white elders, and they come to I'm the world. I'm your back. Yeah, please. Okay. Now, Joey. Reincarnated Joseph Smith. Yes. You experienced the spiritual rebirth. Yes. C.S. Lewis affiliation, affinity something. Uh, exactly. What are your thoughts, then, about Jesus? Okay. So um, I buried the lead again because 
so it was in between uh, the, uh, the Jubilee and my flight home with that lovely young mother that I was just wandering, need to kill time, and I stopped into, it was, I believe, a Catholic church, could have been Anglican, a uh, very churchy church, and there was this little annex, and there was a pieta with the mother and then Christ, and he was lying there dead in her arms, and right outside the door, all these pamphlets about how to deal with your homosexual son, daughter, family member. And I, and I had this need to be connected, like I used to feel, with Christ. But in the Mormon church, and correct me if uh, your experience is different, it is about the church so much knowing your place in this beautiful kingdom that you feel so removed from this man whose face is on every wall and you talk to him and you pray to him but to his father and in his name and and so the father is even more removed than the son and the son knows exactly what you're going through but when he comes back he's going to be best friends with the general authorities not with me (laughs) He's not going to care, you know, about, he, 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 he did it. He did it for you. Like, don't bother. Um, so I've been working um, since I had that experience in that chapel in front of this image of the dead Christ. I've been trying to work my way to understanding this feeling that keeps, it keeps intruding on my thoughts wherever I am every day. Also, I, um, I have a great love for Christian music. Um, so like Big Daddy Weave and Mercy Me and Chris Tomlin and Francesca Battistelli and Mendisa and also uh, Jeremy Camp and Danny Gokey and... Joseph Smith has good taste in Christian music. <laughs> that, that music... I Touches could, you? Even when I was an atheist, even when I was trying so hard to not believe in God, I could not stop listening to this music. Joey, I'm stopping you. Please. Uh, most of what you talk about listening to you now, uh, very experiential. Yeah. You're a very experiential guy. Thank you. And uh, you uh, relate to things happening and, and feelings very big. And yeah. You happen to run into this person who gave you this book yes. and yeah, all that. Um, Again, without maybe pulling into all the experiences, what is your heart for Jesus? Okay, that's, thank you. Um, Because I'm used to like the long-winded testimony kind of presentation of like why I believe in God. And so many people in the Mormon church have so many great reasons for believing in God because of their family. And somehow if they don't have God, they won't have their family. And that's pretty scary, so... That's what, for me, was so important. If I want to be with these people I love, I have to be good enough for Christ to accept whatever it is. And I thought, he just wants me to offer up my sexuality on this altar of sacrifice. And then I get to be with my family. And, um, and so that's how I understood Christ, even after this trip to Denver, even after this reincarnation thing and being told, you're Joseph Smith, but you're C.S. Lewis. And Joseph Smith isn't a polygamist. He's a monogamist. It's like I'm being pitched this thing. I'm being directed 
and I don't know if I'm, if I'm fulfilling what I'm supposed to do. We, we started a podcast because I was told that we had to start a podcast and just make it as wide a net as you can possibly imagine to get as many people because we're all going somewhere and I'm kind of leading the way. I describe it as rub-a-dub-dub, three fools in a tub, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, that's Andrew, Kimberly, and myself. And, and we confront people like Christopher Namelka and we do all these things, but when I, when I listen to that music and when I read the scriptures, when I read the Bible, I started to realize something, that the people that are singing these songs on this station, Caleb, and it was just, it's something that's only happened very recently. It's very, very new, so I don't know if this makes sense, but these people that are singing so beautifully, they're in love with Jesus. I, that's what I experienced. I fell in love. I've been walking around my house for days now, sighing, just sighing. These deep, satisfied, happy sighs. And my mom asked, why are you sighing? And usually Caleb is playing in the background. So I just like, because of this. <laughs> and she doesn't know. Because for her, the thing that she wants most is to see Christ and have him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's all that Mormons can aspire to be, are these servants who become children. And these children go off to create their own worlds and... <coughs> Excuse me. Yep. Um, my heart goes out to Joey. Um, he's in a room, at least the people I know in here, are also in love with Jesus. And I want Joey to know that uh, Jesus, um, he is the way. He will never, ever let you down. I you break my heart, not you as a person. What breaks my heart is that you are a vestige of what that effing religion does to people who are like you and like me. Right, really. right. Yeah. I want you to know, uh, and I'll stand before God saying this, that as a homosexual man, you're fine with Jesus. He loves you as you are. He loves you with your hair. He loves you with your robe. He likes you with your Duty to God Award. <laughs> he, 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 if you think you're the reincarnated Joseph Smith, Jesus loves you. And everybody here who follows Jesus and who watches who follows Jesus truly loves you too, unconditionally. So I want you to know, just as a segue before you continue, you are always welcome to learn about Jesus with us. Thank you. Always. Okay? So... Tell us, you, um, I'm so, guy, no, I'm so no, rude. Okay. Just wipe it with your robe, yeah. Joey. <laughs> Here, please take more. That's what it's for, thank you. All right, sorry. Um, so, um, as I find myself now in this very committed relationship with God, I, I, I have now experienced everything that I was hoping to someday have in my wildest fantasies with another man, but... And I don't know if this is the answer. I don't know. Because I know that there are people who do need to be with someone. And that's not bad. It's not bad to need people. But what I thought I might only have with another person, I now realize is being offered to me by 
Jesus Christ and to actually feel like this is my love story makes me so happy every day, every moment that it comes back to my mind. I just blush and I think I, it couldn't be. It couldn't Can't be. find a better man. It couldn't be. You <laughs> could not. Not a nicer Jewish boy in all the world. <laughs> and I, and I, I just feel like I found the thing that I was told I shouldn't even want. And, and yet it's the only thing that matters. I think that's literally a line from Colton Dixon. Like, mm. like the only thing that matters, his love is my identity. I don't know. I don't know what this, I don't know what's happening. I literally don't know what's happening mm. in my own mind. That's Sorry. normal. And, and yet, I feel like, you know, the pharmacology has been a facilitator. It's been a catalyst for many of these spiritual experiences. But I don't need them now. I don't, I mean, I don't need these, uh, I don't mind having them. I don't need them. I can listen to the radio. I can read the scriptures. I can read C.S. Lewis. I can read Tolkien. I mean, it's all, it's all magic, but it's all his magic. And that makes me happy as someone who loves magic. Can I ask you about uh, pharmacology just as a side issue for Please. a second? And we have some calls here from Virginia. Okay. Uh, and another place in here in Utah, but uh, if you don't mind me asking, Please. Uh, we have some viewers, we have some actual fans of the show. Uh, I don't delve in, in pharmacology. Uh, I think that it can be dangerous to tell you sure. the truth. The Greek word for sorcery is, is pharmakeia. Oh, wow. It's pharmakeia. Okay. And so uh, there's some tie to that in my opinion, sure. but we do have viewers who take hallucinogenics. I know them personally. And uh, of course, they smoke the gonds. We've been mm -hmm. talking about Adam Guyman over there. Uh, not that he does. That's, I just tease him. He acts like he does, but no. Uh, have you, dealt, have you uh, used uh, hallucinogenics, mushrooms, and uh, peyote and LSD? I've used a number of those. Mm. Uh, peyote, I've not. I do feel that it's more justifiable when it's a natural plant. So like cannabis or shrooms. Mm -hmm. uh, that psilocybin, you know, those cannabinoids, they, uh, they're, they're just magic plants and I can't resist them. But <coughs> when I say can't resist them, it's like <coughs> I'm chowing down on shrooms on a regular basis because I don't think that they work the same way that like opioids and, and other kind of more pain narcotics deal with. Mm -hmm. These are hallucinogens that open up parts of your mind that for some people it's not a good idea to do that. But I just like opening up my mind to new rooms I can introduce to Christ. Mm. You know, rooms with many, many colors and fun lights and lasers and, and, and it's, that's what this podcast is. I have a lot of interests, a lot of things that fascinate me and this idea within Mormonism that all truth can be brought into a single whole, mm -hmm. I believe that. Mm -hmm. But I believe ultimately that all of this stuff, all of this like sorcery mm -hmm. and occultism and esotericism ultimately only points to, and I believe that having read his autobiography and other biographies, C.S. Lewis felt the same way, paganism, magic, it was all meant to bring us from primitive cultures outside the grace of God, outside Israel, 
toward him, that there is some remnant of truth, some piece of a puzzle that's all going to fall into place right in front of the whole world, cameras rolling in the very near future. I read Revelation because I'm, I'm like reading the trailer of a movie that I'm going to have to live through, and I don't want to be caught off guard. I like spoilers a lot, and I want to know how this is going to play out because it's just too close. It's too, it's, it's imminent. It's just about to happen. Mm. And, and I just, I look, at, I look at a lot of things, and I noticed in the acronym for campus that this is a Christian anarchist, mm -hmm. free associating mm -hmm. organization or, mm -hmm. I mean, anarchism. I love that. I love that idea that we are, at this point, free from all of the hierarchies, mm -hmm. all of the, all of the middle, 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 middles. Mm -hmm. We don't need that. We don't. We don't need that. We we shouldn't have it. It's not helping us. Mm -hmm. And yet, I understand why people like it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. I yeah. mean, what do you miss most about being Mormon? Yeah, the hierarchy works well. Right. Yeah. You always know where the chalk is. That's and right. And everything. It's everything. All, it's yeah. just like. Clockwork. Yeah, this place is a nightmare. It's, I mean, <laughs> There's popcorn here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, tell, tell us uh, quickly. We've uh, we got to get to the calls. We're okay. out of time. Yes. Maybe you would uh, come back uh, next week of and course. let's do a yeah. part two and talk. Uh, I want to talk to you more uh, about some things that are with your site and uh, Jesus, the reincarnated space god, a journey into the magical mystery that is Jesus. I love the fact that Christian music touches you so deeply and that I think it's reaching uh, in, uh, in your soul into a place that is responding to truth. These are my thoughts, Joey. But um, relative to the reincarnation, yeah. what are you doing with that? Are you speaking? Are, are, do you have a following? Well, we have listeners who tune into the pulpit, and we just release usually most Sundays. I went down to L.A. recently, uh, well, a few months ago, but also we were on this other podcast where we're just talking to secular humanists mm -hmm. living in L.A., very beautiful hipsters, every single one, just perfect, immaculate images that they have, because you have to look that good if you're going to walk the streets mm. of L.A. <laughs> and, and yet they know themselves, and they're very progressive and accepting, and they have formed themselves into kind of their own secular congregation called Harmontown. And we went on there, and we talked about being the reincarnation of Joseph Smith, here at Sugar Space in Salt Lake, we put on a trial play where I'm the defense attorney of Joseph Smith and the charge is polygamy. So I'm trying with like 50 slides to show that Brigham Young is much more likely to have produced eight years after Joseph's death, section 132, that he and all these other men had their wives 20 years after Joseph died, give their testimony that they were married to Joseph, while Emma and her family are creating a church that defends his monogamy. It's, it's all, I mean, this is what I... So is that the only real rub you have against Joseph Smith, is the fact that he mm. is reported to... Uh, to well, is that the only thing? Well, that, there are a lot of things. I feel like if you're going to redeem his reputation in any way, start you there. have to start there. Okay. Because if there were lies spread about him to convince the whole world at this point that he was a polygamist. The church needs him to be a polygamist. Their authority derives from Br Brigham Young. And if he lied about Joseph, he has no leg to stand on. 
It's a whole thing. And well, let me ask you, you talk about him in the third person, but aren't you him or do well, you stay away from that? No, I, I mean, I, I sometimes I talk uh, very much like I'm him, I did this, and yet I have no memory. I am basing it off of what I know about him, what I feel, you know, like you said, it's all this experiential, all these little things are significant. If it weren't for computers, my whole room would just be clippings and photos and red <laughs> string everywhere because I'm solving a puzzle with this manic obsession mm. and I have to figure out who is Joseph versus who is Brigham and I project it back into the past. And I have this whole slideshow where I match up modern celebrities with past celebrities <laughs> who died before they were born, trying to like create as many connections, as many, like I even have a past life for you. <laughs> oh, don't share it yet. Okay, I won't share it. Uh, share it next week. We are out of time. Right. I'm sorry. Listen, Ryan in Virginia, oh. Charlie in West Valley, oh. please call next week. Oh, so we'll sorry. take you. We're going to take calls really early. Uh, I want to just do something, and this is kind of, uh, this is what I believe. Yeah. And uh, I hope you'll understand. Please, please. Um, I think Jesus said something really significant to the dangers of an empty heart, to the scorched earth uh, that we get when we leave Mormonism. And, and I think uh, I, I, I was a nihilist. I understand the scorched heart. Uh, I didn't uh, go the route you've gone, but I've gone another route. <laughs> yeah. But Jesus says in Luke 11, when an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, and I would say due to us leaving Mormonism, sure. that unclean spirit walks through dry places seeking rest and finds none, and he says to himself, I'm going to go back to the house, to the man where I came from. And when he gets there, he finds the house swept and garnished, meaning it's empty. It's scorched, right? And he goes and he takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Yeah. I worry sure. that that's what's happened with you. Uh, well, that, I worry about that. I would worry about that too. Yes. I thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So much. So uh, consider that as okay. you, you know, and I'll consider the things you share. Uh, of course. Of and course. we'll continue our dialogue. You have something to read. You're oh, chomping at it. Well, I, I brought it up just because the reason why I can't give up Joseph Smith completely, given more things than just polygamy, so I have to somehow figure out how he's not guilty of those things. But it's so the Book of Mormon. I know, I know what the criticisms are, and I know how difficult it is to defend as a historical document as much as I try. But there is this verse in Ether 3, 14, and it's kind of funny that Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens described the Book of Mormon as chloroform and ink, <laughs> and uh, we actually have a book in the Book of Mormon called Ether. <laughs> so there you go. And, uh, and so this scripture I love because I feel like it's true. All right. Behold, I am he who was prepared from the foundation of the world to redeem my people. Behold, I am Jesus Christ. I am the Father and the Son. In me shall all mankind have life, and that eternally even they who shall believe on my name shall become my sons and my daughters. That rings so true to me, and it's in this book that I should be embarrassed about I, there isn't time. I'm sorry. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. Really grateful for uh, Andrew setting this up, giving us the call, and uh, grateful for Joey having the uh, the hutzpah to step up here, <laughs> and and he bears his soul. I mean, he's just out there, 
And uh, that's why I wear a robe too, because I'm just kind of burying your winging soul. it. Yeah. It's ah. Well, uh, it's great to have him, and uh, pray for Heart of the Matter. Pray for Joey. Pray for all of us that we will come to understand all things in spirit and in truth. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter. Glory to God. I'm on the ride, going nowhere. I am an existential cowboy on the wind. And I won't be A storm's arising, the dawn's awaiting till a hundred monks.